I think success means that you are, that you've been able to put yourself in a position in which you are better than what you were a year before. It could be, uh, you know, it could be uh, again on the professional level. Maybe you are in a position with more responsibilities. You're maybe you're managing people. You're, you know, uh, having a higher compensation. Obviously, you know that's success if you can compare it to uh, to where you were before, and and you're and you're able to acknowledge the process that took you there. Um, obviously, if it's if it's based on luck, then you know you, you're not really going to appreciate it as, as much. But if you know exactly what you did to get there, um, that's going to that's going to be rewarding, and that's going to be that's going to feel like success. The Tom Screen Podcast is owned and made possible by Ethical Marketing Service. If your business is struggling with Google or Facebook ads, maybe you're frustrated figuring it out, or there's a performance issue, Ethical Marketing Service has worked on hundreds of accounts, and we can help in this area. We offer a 30-day money-back guarantee, and for every direct account we look after, we sponsor a child in a developing nation with food water and education. If you would like to find out if we can help, it's a free, no salesy consultation call and the link is in the description. Enjoy the episode. Thomas Green here with Ethical Marketing Service. On the episode today, we have Raul Galera. Raul, welcome. Thanks for having me. It is my pleasure. Would you like to take a moment and tell the audience a bit about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. Um, so I'm the partnerships and business development lead at Referral Candy. Um, and for those of you who are not familiar with Referral Candy, we're an app that allows um, e-commerce stores to set up and run customer referral programs. So basically a way to um, acquire new customers by turning your existing customers into your marketing team. Um, which is something that helps you acquire new customers and also retain your existing ones. Well, thank you for the introduction. Um, I suppose based on uh, what you've said, I kind of like uh, it would be beneficial to understand a little bit about how it works. So could you, do you mind giving us an example of um, like a, just a small example of what that process looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, from the consumer perspective, um, uh, what Referral Candy does is that when you are when you're a consumer and you're buying something from an online store, and you complete the checkout process, you're going to receive an invitation to join the referral program from that store. Uh, it could either be in a form, uh, an email form, or in a, some sort of widget or pop up. Um, after you accept to be part of the program, you get a unique referral link that you can start sharing with your friends, and then you can put that on. Um, social media, you can put it on a, on a group chat, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and once your friends click on the referral link, they're going to see an offer that's unique for them. It could be like 15% off their first purchase or 20% off. Um, and then from there, they're taken to uh, the online store so they can complete the purchase. And what referral can does is that it tracks the whole referral process from the moment that they clicked on the link until the moment that they completed the purchase at checkout. And once we verify the transaction, we send the the reward to the customer that made the recommendation in the first place so essentially it's like um if you're a fan of a particular product or you're a regular customer um you can be an advocate of it and earn money from it by recommending it to the to others that's essentially a summary exactly yeah okay. you can either you can either make money or you can get a discount on on your next purchase or you can get some sort of like free product or a gift card or something along those lines. That's up to the store to decide what kind of reward system they want to implement. Do you have any thoughts about um, 
should we say, a natural way to go about doing it? Because I don't know who your target market is necessarily. I mean, I would think it is perfectly reasonable for, say, like a content creator to put a referral link in. I think people are quite used to that. But if you're as a sort of consumer, I think, um, let's say you've got, I don't know, thousands of Facebook friends or something, and you put a link out, what would be like a, a natural way to go about doing that that's not sort of salesy to the people that you are actual friends with? Yeah, I honestly think that you can't really be too salesy um, in front of people that you care about um, in the sense that, you know, when we think of like, and coming from a former salesperson myself, you know, when we think of a, a salesperson, uh, you know, we typically think about somebody that's just trying to push the product to us and, you know, no matter what, they, they want us to buy the product and that that's it. That's the only objective. Um, but you can't really do that with a friend of yours or, or a coworker or, or, you know, a family member, uh, assuming that you have a good relationship with that family member. Um, if you're recommending a product, it's because you either you liked it, you used it yourself and you liked it, or you think it's a good purchase or something that uh, that family member, that friend, that coworker is going to enjoy. Um, and so I think that's, that's why referrals tend to work uh, so well. It's because um, people that are promoting your products, your customers, uh, do not sound like salespeople, and also in the eyes of their friends, um, also don't sound like salespeople. It sounds like a like a legit recommendation. Um, and, and one more reason why I think that referral programs uh, tend to work is because um, if we take like a step back um, before you have a referral program running in your in your store and your online business, you're probably getting referrals already. Um, it's just that if you don't have a system to track it, it's kind of impossible for you to know if the customer who just bought a pair of tennis shoes was referred by a friend or or, you know, or just happened to stumble upon your website. Um, and so having a system kind of um, kind of uh, obviously helps to to identify those referrals that are probably happening uh, organically. The whole point of our referral program is to you know increase. Uh, the the volume of of referrals by adding incentives, which is something that always work with, work, works with people. Um, but yeah, so going back to your question about being natural, I think once again, I think it's um, I think the way that we talk to our friends and family and coworkers is natural uh, per se. Um, and so when we're recommending a product, we're probably doing it out of our own experience. And so if we say that we like it, it's the same. It's the same um, reason why we always look at product reviews before we buy a product. Because we know that, the, the, for example, the product photos that we see on the, on the, on the product page are perfect, right? They're, they're made with um, you know, really professional cameras, perfect lighting. Uh, and so we know that it's almost true, but it's not as true as seeing a picture taken with a smartphone from somebody that, that left a review, even if we don't know that person, right? So we're always trying to get to kind of like that level of um, social proof and, and a recommendation from a friend uh, would always help. And we know that a friend would not recommend the product that they didn't enjoy just to get $20 out of it. What are your thoughts on um, the concept of sort of like that? To totally agree with you about referrals being, um, should we say, trusted, recommended. Um, whatever springs to me is like the, um, the there's, there's no self-interest in it for the person who's recommending it. Meaning like if, if I were recommending to a friend, like a, a restaurant is always the example given, right? You should eat at this restaurant because it's amazing. But if that person knew that I then made a commission from that, maybe it wouldn't be as, shall we say, persuasive. Have you, have you got mm -hmm. any thoughts around that topic? 
I mean, it's it's definitely possible. Uh, but once again, I I think that uh, in, in the majority of cases, uh, you you wouldn't recommend something to a friend. You wouldn't recommend a, a bad restaurant to a friend telling them it's amazing just because you're gonna get you know a voucher next time because it, because it's you know it it won't hold like they, they'll they'll try it like sure they'll trust you they'll try it and then they'll never trust you again with recommendations uh, which again it happens you know we've we've all gotten a recommendation uh, from a friend that it was probably an honest recommendation they just you know legit enjoyed that restaurant that hotel vacation spot Netflix show whatever it is. And then we experienced it ourselves and it was terrible. And, you know, we're probably thinking, okay, well, you know, now we know how <laughs> we, we can't really trust that person with, with recommendations. But um, sure, the, the fact that they're getting something out of it might make it a little bit more, uh, might, you know, make somebody like raise an eyebrow. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, it's our own reputation that's on the line. So, you know, nobody, nobody would, you know, sell their reputation for, for $20 or for a, a 15% discount on their, on their next purchase. So, um, that's one reason. And then the other reason why I think that it doesn't really happen that often, it's because, um, we've seen a lot of referral programs that, you know, when you're setting up a referral program, you need to decide how much you want to give your customers to encourage them to refer. And you also need to, decide how much you're going to offer their friends uh, to become customers for the first time and make that first purchase. In a lot of cases, we've seen a higher reward for the friend than, than for the person that's making the recommendation. And in those cases, the, the, the business owner knows that their customers are going to talk about their products anyway. Um, and so they decide to just put more emphasis on acquiring that first customer it's just because the, the referral is probably going to happen. Uh, and also giving, giving something, uh, offering something to somebody that we care about. In a lot of cases, it's, it's, a, it's enough of a reason for us to go out and refer. So, so yeah, I think that's that kind of like, you know, social relationships type of, you know, uh, uh, aspect. I think it's really interesting. And, and if you know how to play it out well, it can, it can really, uh, I mean, it can make an impact, a positive impact on your business. Yeah, and I think the um, the examples where it maybe might work really well is um, if you know that person and you know they're spending, let's say, X amount on a particular product and you can get, I don't know, a significant saving on that particular product, then really you're doing them a favor. And it, the product may be even better than the one they're buying. So um, uh, I guess yep. the... Um, how would you go about doing it if you were, let's say, I don't know, online and you had a link to share? What would you say? As a consumer myself? Yeah. Uh, let's say you were referring someone. What would you say? I don't think I would say much. I would probably show. So if I have a picture, let's say it's you know clothing. If I have a picture of me wearing that, um, that's what I would do. If I have a video uh, of me unboxing the product, um, you know, I'll definitely go with that. We're, I mean, we, we react a lot better to, uh, to, to, you know, what's, what's visual and sure. I can tell, I mean, I can tell my friends that, Hey, you know, this t-shirt that I bought, it's great. And you should definitely get it too. But until they see it, you know, they can't really, you know, wrap their head around the fact that this t-shirt is so great that they actually need to buy it themselves. And if I can, if I can combine the two, um, you know, even better. But I think that visual aspect is what makes it uh, really important. Uh, we have a bunch of brands that are incentivizing their customers to do this, basically post it on 
look, post it on social media and, you know, either tag us or, or use this hashtag. Um, and then, you know, you can also use your referral link, obviously. Um, but they want that visual aspect. They want people, not actors, not, in, uh, uh, not necessarily influencers, not necessarily uh, models wearing their products because they know that works. Even if there's not a referral program involved, just they know that seeing regular people uh, wearing their products is definitely going to help other people figure out, okay, that will look good on me or, okay, yeah, like if I know how that person looks like in real life. So I know that if that dress is looking good on her, it's going to look good on me as well. So that, that kind of like, again, going back to that social proof, I think that's what really helps. So that's what I would do. And, and like I said, a lot of brands are, um, encouraging their customers to do unboxing videos on, on YouTube, just because they know that there's a, a reach and, and it's always kind of a cool process to, to watch those videos. Like, you know, oh, like what, what's going to happen next? Like what's the packaging like? Um, so yeah, I, I think the visual aspect will, you know, can, will always be, uh, you know, as many words as you can, as you can write praising a product. Is there anyone, I, I mentioned the example of someone with thousands of Facebook friends. Is there anyone that, uh, let's say it works best for? Good question. Um, so something that we're seeing um, these days is that um, uh, merchant, online stores, merchants are tr setting up two different accounts, um, or two different referral programs. So you want for their customers um, where they typically give uh, discounts to both parties. So both the, the, the customer that's making the recommendation and the existing, uh, sorry, the existing customer and the new, the new friend, the new customer. Uh, but they also run a separate referral program for people that have a little bit more of a bigger audience, influencers. Um, and so in, in that case, they typically give them a, um, uh, a cash reward and it's usually higher and it's usually kind of like either lifetime or, or, you know, you'll get a commission for the first 10 purchases that every customer that you refer to us will, will make. Um, and so both of them work. Um, obviously, you know, a regular regular person like myself that, you know, I might have like, you know, 350 followers on Instagram. My, my, um, my reach is more limited than somebody that has 30,000 followers. Right. Uh, and, and actually, you know, makes a living out of their, their Instagram profile. Um, and so you would think that in terms of volume, obviously it's good to have those people that have kind of like a bigger reach just because they can get there. But we've also seen that influencers are a little bit too big are a little bit more disconnected from their audience. And so their posts don't necessarily work as well as somebody that has three, 10, 15, 30,000 followers on, on Instagram. So, so I would say both for different reasons. Um, also because again, the way that you are promoting the product, is a little bit different. If you're a consumer, like, Hey, I literally spent my money on this product and I'm recommending it to you. Um, it looks a little bit more similar to the restaurant recommendation or, or the Netflix show. It's like, Hey, you know, paying for this service. And this is something that I found that's interesting and an influencer who, even though we trust them, even though also their reputation is kind of on the line because they don't want to recommend the product that they don't like, they, they want to see it first and they want to make sure it's good. Um, even though we know that there's kind of like that level of trust and that they actually believe in the product or the shoe actually believe in the product, if they care about their reputation, um, it's not the same. We know that there's something behind it. We know that there's more of a financial incentive on their side than on, on the customer side. Like I said, both of them work. Both of them are 
different levels of word of mouth. And again, we're, I mean, we're actually promoting both. Like, you know, we, we tell companies that if you can start working with influencers, do it because it's going to pay off in, in the, in the long run. But, but yeah, I would say that both of them work at different levels and for different reasons. And you mentioned, um, influencers, I think if I'm not mistaken, they've been a bit more, should we say regulated, um, in the sense that they have to be transparent about the fact that they're promoting. Is that something a consumer has to do if they, uh, let's say they buy a product and then they put out a referral link, do they have to disclose that it's a, that they would make sort of commission from that or something? That's a very good question. Um, I, I don't think so. Um, but I'm also not a legal expert, so (laughs) I don't want anybody to take my advice on that, on that. But, um, I think that, has more to do with yeah people that are kind of like doing it more professionally um you know if you're just you know getting a discount or getting a you know a ten dollar you know gift card or ten dollar cash reward for referring your friends i don't think you necessarily need to do it the first time uh, but again i'm not uh, i'm not a legal expert so don't don't take my advice well putting the uh putting the legal stuff aside do you think that should happen or do you think that's more of a hindrance I, I mean, I personally don't think so because we're talking about people who are not necessarily making a living out of it. Um, you know, this, and again, it, referral programs have, I mean, they happen in all shapes and forms. We focus on e-commerce, but there's referral programs for, um, you know, all sorts of products. You know, it could be, you know, even kind of related uh, financial products. Like, you know, for example, Coinbase has a referral program and they, they give you Bitcoin if you refer a friend and they buy a certain amount. Um, and Transfer wise, no, transfer wise also has a referral program and they, they literally give you cash if your friends, you know, you refer X friends and they, you know, transfer X amount. So I don't think so because it, I mean, personally, I feel like it would add a lot of, um, just like unnecessary maybe regulation or unnecessary, um, hassles for something that at the end of the day, it's just, it's something that people are doing. Again, you're not waking up at eight in the morning and adding to your to-do list to refer transfer wise or refer Coinbase to your friends. It's something that just probably happening organically and it's not, you're not making uh, a living out of it. So it's a different story. If you are maybe like a content producer or if you are an influencer, or if you have, um, you know, some sort of platform where you're you know actively looking to make money from that. But the majority of the recommendations that happen between you know people like you know you and me like you know me referring my friends, there's not necessarily a financial drive behind it. Because of the reason that I that I said earlier, if I even if I'm making money out of it, I wouldn't recommend a bad product to my friends. So, so I think the incentives are a little bit a little bit different. And uh, in relation to yourself, uh, what are some of the sort of biggest challenges with the business you're in? I would say that, um, well, uh, we've, we've had challenges, um, and we've also had kind of like upsides, um, both of them run by things that we can really control. Uh, so, uh, operating in e-commerce, anybody who's in e-commerce, uh, or has been in e-commerce for the past three, four or five years, uh, you know, we've been through a roller coaster. We're still in that roller coaster where we, you know, we can really predict. I mean, we, we were never able to predict, but you know, it's, it's becoming more difficult than ever to predict what's going to happen. Um, at the beginning of, of 2020, I remember that we said, oh, e-commerce, well, uh, in, in April of 2020, 
uh, e-commerce reached the level of penetration that was supposed to happen in 2025. Um, and so 2020 was a great year for anybody who was selling online because that was pretty much the only option. Like consumers were kind of legally forced to buy online because a lot of the different options uh, weren't available. Um, and so, but now e-commerce uh, revenues, e-commerce kind of penetration, it's kind of going down to a more natural level, uh, more to like what it would look like a natural progression from 2018 to 2019. Um, and so, yeah, and those are all things that we can't really control. Why is that going back to 2019 levels or slightly higher than 2019? But because people are spending more money on other things, restaurants, travel, services, things that they couldn't really spend money on before. They're still buying online. I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure the majority of e-commerce consumers are spending more money on e-commerce than they did back in 2019. Probably not as much as they did in 2020 because, again, you had no other option. Um, and I'm sure that a lot of people that weren't, maybe were afraid of buying online in 2019, now they're regular you know, e-commerce consumers, or consumers and they buy products online on a regular basis. Um, but that gap on where we're spending our money, it's, it's definitely there. Uh, and we obviously don't know what's going to happen, right? Like also, you know, we have inflation issues, you know, they're talking about potential recession, recession. We don't really know exactly what's going to happen. Um, so I would say that's kind of like the biggest, the biggest challenge, both for the upside and the downside is that we have been dealing with, uh, a lot of things that we had no control over. And we're just, you know, trying to kind of like, you know, serve, serve that as best we could. And have you got um, some biggest wins that you're proud of? Uh, I mean, yeah. So one thing that we, that we talk about a lot internally at the company is that, I mean, sure, uh, 2020, 2021 were years in which anybody who was in the e-commerce business um, uh, you know, did, did very well considering the, you know, how terrible the situation was. But I think it also um, it's also work that we did over the previous years of kind of like being ready for that, not actively knowing obviously what, what was going to happen and like the position we're going to be in. But I think we did a lot of things right um, to be prepared for that situation. So even internally at the company, we we had a lot of system. We write everything down. We process absolutely everything. And when COVID hit and everybody had to start working from home. We had the systems in place to work from home. Nobody, um, I mean, pretty much the only aspect that people uh, at Rafael Candy were missing from the office was the, the social aspect, which obviously you can tell, but literally everything else was working perfectly. We knew our processes. We knew what to do. We knew, um, you know, everything was in place. It's like if, it's like if we were prepared for it. Right. Um, and so I think that's something that as a company, but also as a product, I think we were, we had done a really good job over the past few years to, um, uh, to basically position ourselves as the leaders in referral marketing for e-commerce and building a product that was meant for that. Um, and I think our con consumers trusted it. Uh, and again, so just happy that we, you know, did what we did um, in order to be prepared for a situation that just, you know, came uh, all of a sudden and, and we were lucky to be prepared. Well, um, I, I like the, uh, the definition of luck is um, preparedness or preparedness meets opportunity. So I guess that's congratulations on actually being ready because obviously, as you know, some people weren't. But um, how did you um, 
get involved in in the business? So I joined the company uh, about six years ago, um, and before that, I was uh, I was exposed to the tech world, uh, but not working on it. So I was um, I was doing sales for a startup that was providing uh, recruitment services for tech companies and startups. And so my job as a salesperson was to you know, convince these companies to let us, you know, kind of handle their their recruiting. So on a weekly basis, I was meeting with people that were either working at tech companies or, or launching their own startups. And I will hear, you know, what the company was about, what the product was about, what they were building. And, you know, I was surrounded by all these people that were obviously way smarter than me and they were building all these amazing products. And I was like, I, I really want to work in technology. I want to work in, in tech. Um, and I started looking for, for companies that were hiring for, uh, remote salespeople, um, and referral candy happened to be one of them. I found them on, on AngelList. And so I, instead of uh, actually, and again, this doesn't really, I mean, uh, it's not like I'm preparing it for your podcast specifically, but one thing that I liked about referral candy was that it's kind of like honest marketing in the sense that, you know, you're, you're, uh, trying to convince your customers to promote your product if they liked it. Because again, no, um, if you have a good product, if you have a good experience, customer experience, your, your customers are going to go out and, and refer anyway. So why not building a system around it? So I, I particularly like that part of like that kind of honest marketing of like, you know, making it more transparent. Um, so again, not, not that I prepare for, for your podcast, but it, you know, it, it, it's kind of, kind of matches. Um, and so I saw, yeah, I saw that we're hiring for a sales position on AngelList and, uh, instead of applying, I sent an email to uh, Dinesh, uh, the, uh, our CEO, and he replied. We had a few uh, calls, and, and I'm still here. So, well done on all that. And just coming back to um, what we talked about in relation to how a post might look, I kind of like the um, the sort of documenting your life type approach. So, you know, like when people, I don't know, less, the, the typical example is like, I'm having this meal today. Like when they put out a post about like what they've eaten or what they've done, like I went here type thing. Um, it, I think it fits in quite nicely with like, I just bought this product type thing. Um, and, you know, you can look at it if you want to. It comes back to the, the salesy thing that I mentioned, which is, and I know different definitions of that. So um, I mean, it might be worth touching on your, on your definition of what sales is actually. Or what you see sales to be, but if you're documenting your life and you're putting it online, um, and you can get benefits from doing that, that's kind of like it turns something which is perhaps an exercise that you're doing that you're not getting anything in return from to something which you might do. Um, but coming back to that, after that ramble, I asked you what your approach to sales is. Uh, how do you feel about sales, and what does sales mean to you? Uh, that's a good question. I so over the past six years, I've been um, doing business development partnerships, basically at Referral Candy, um, and I think I mean it wasn't it wasn't a difficult transition for me, uh, mostly because I've always thought that obviously you know you have to provide value, um, and you know in, in whatever you do, and if you're in sales, you need to provide value to customers because that's the only way that you're going to get their, first of all, their attention and eventually their business. And with partnerships, it's, it's even more important. Um, you know, if you, if we're working with marketing agencies, if we're working with, um, other tech companies, with media companies, 
Um, I think it's good in whatever shape or form, if it's possible, have the mentality of providing value before you receive value. Uh, And it's something that it might be missing a little bit on, on, on maybe the sales world, but people that work in partnerships like myself, we kind of have that in mind all the time. You know, if you're just starting to work with an agency um, and, you know, maybe they haven't referred any customers to you yet, but you happen to know somebody who might need their services, just go ahead and, and send it, you know, like, don't, don't make anything, don't, sorry, don't make everything a transaction. Uh, don't make everything something that needs to have, you know, some sort of like uh, check and balance and, 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 and like, well, I'm, I'm going to, um, I'll send them this customer once they send their first lead or you know anything along those lines. If you provide value, people will be more inclined to provide value. So that's kind of my approach. I know it's a little bit of an ideal scenario, um, but I, that's kind of my approach, how I like to approach sales. Also, even from a personal uh, kind of selfish perspective, it makes you feel better. Um, you know, if you're, uh, if you're providing something, if you are getting something in return for something you've done, it's, you know, it feels better than, you know, receiving something that you're not necessarily uh, having any sort of, uh, response to, or, you know, anything along those lines. So yeah, kind of, kind of putting that skin in the game by like, you know, providing value to other people. I think it's crucial. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I certainly don't think there's anything wrong with um, having standards and having your values. So I appreciate the share. I did um, say beforehand, I was going to ask you uh, what, what success means to you. So uh, when that sort of term comes up, what, what, do you, what does that make you think of? Good question. Um, I mean, in my opinion, I think it's progression. Um, so at a personal level, professional level, company level. Um, I think success means that you are, that you've been able to put yourself in a position in which you are better than what you were a year before. It could be, uh, you know, it could be, uh, again, on the professional level, maybe you are in a position with more responsibilities, you're maybe you're managing people, you're, you know, uh, having a higher compensation. Obviously, you know, that's success if you can compare it to, uh, to where you were before and, and you're, and you're able to acknowledge the process that took you there. Um, obviously if it's, if it's based on luck, then, you know, you, you're not really going to appreciate it as much, but if you know exactly what you did to get there, um, that's going to, that's going to be rewarding and that's going to be, that's going to feel like success. Um, I don't think a lot of people feel successful after winning the lottery. Um, they might feel happy. Uh, they might feel relieved, but I don't think they short time. feel successful. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So so it's the same analogy that I would put, you know, somebody that's, you know, going to the gym. If you start going to the gym and after a year, you're going to see results. Maybe you're not where you want to be, but you're closer and you can see the journey and you can see what you've put into it. So um, same, honestly, you can apply that. And I try to apply that to not only professional, but also, you know, personal relations, you know, personal kind of development. Um, just try to improve. Uh, be also be aware that there are things that might prevent you from improving. Um, but you know, try to figure it out how to overcome those and uh you know also always have a sense that uh that again there's a lot of things in your life that you can't control. So try to work around them. Thank you for that. Is there anything that I should have asked you about today? They should have asked me. Um I honestly uh don't think so. I mean, we've actually covered um, 
a lot of things that I typically don't cover in, in other podcasts. So I actually, I appreciate that. I, you made me think with, uh, uh, these past couple of questions, especially the one about uh, success and what sales means to me. Um, and that's something I was not expecting, but I, I'm, I'm glad that you asked. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's any other topics that I, if I don't have any other topics that come to mind. So you're prepared for next time, right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, if people want to uh, try out Referral Candy or they want to know more, what do they do? Uh, they can just go to referralcandy.com um, and there they'll be able to see all the uh, information about how it works and how to get started. Um, and uh, and then we also even have uh, kind of uh, content. I've produced some of the content, some of the videos that explain how Referral Candy works. So they can actually connect with me uh, over there as well if they have any any questions. Any uh, closing thoughts for us today? Um, kind of bringing back to uh, what we were talking about earlier in referral marketing. Um, I I learned recently that uh, I think it was on, on a survey on on eMarketer that uh, e-commerce stores in t- in twenty twenty one were paying more to face in Facebook ads than they were earning on in net profit, which means that Facebook is making more money from e-commerce stores than e-commerce stores are making themselves. Um, diversifying customer acquisition is crucial. Improving customer retention is even more crucial. And referral marketing, which is a performance-based channel, it's something that can help. So I recommend anybody who's listening to this Honestly, it doesn't really matter what industry you're in. If you're on e-commerce, it's probably easier. There's probably more systems around, but any other industry that you might be working on, figure out what's, uh, what's, the, what's the best way for you to implement some sort of referral marketing system on, on your company. Well, thank you for that. And for all the people listening, can you uh, review the links in the description? And Raul, thank you for being a great guest today. Yeah, thanks for having me.